Welcome to the Ask Anything Podcast, because some things are better said than read. My name is Peter LaRuffa, and it's good to be back with you. I know it's been a while, but I'm going to get right to a question that was asked to me a few weeks ago, and it is this. What do I do with righteous anger? What do I do with righteous anger? How do we handle anger that comes to us that we believe to be righteous, that maybe we're angry about something that we see God angry about, or maybe we're grieved over something that we believe uh, is harmful to people and not glorifying to God. So that's the question. What do I do with righteous anger? And so if you don't mind, I'm going to be reading uh, from a sermon that I preached back in 2018 about this when we were in the middle of a series through the book of Proverbs, um, because I dealt with this there. Some people believe that all anger is sinful. It's a common misconception. I actually think it's an understandable misconception just based on a casual reading of the Bible. Bible, you see things like, blessed are the peacemakers in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Uh, If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live at peace with all people, Romans 12 and verse 18. There's this constant theme throughout the scriptures that really elevates peace and uh, seemingly a sense of tranquility and love for one another. Uh, 1 Timothy 2 says we are to pray for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead, what? A peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way, 1 Timothy 2 and verse Two. And so by far and away, the vast majority of the imperatives, right, the commands that we have in the New Testament show us that we're to be characterized as people of peace, of love, of self-control. And those seem to fly in the face of maybe what comes to our minds when we think of anger. Certainly Christ himself was not characterized by anger, right? No one would read the New Testament and read the Gospels and say Jesus was an angry man. Um, Not at all. God himself is not characterized by anger. Uh, Exodus 34 and verse 6 says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. What? slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And that's repeated throughout the Old Testament, throughout the scriptures. Uh, We see no anger in the Garden of Eden. We don't see anger show up until after the fall. No anger in Genesis 1, no anger in Genesis 2. And in fact, the first time we see anger, it's Cain who is angry at God. In fact, the text says he is very angry. And then just a few verses later, it leads not only to the first instance of anger, but the first instance of murder. And so all of this could have us thinking like, I feel like anger Anger's in the bad category. It is a sin, but it really uh, isn't. First of all, if anger were a sin, we'd never be commanded to be angry. We do have that verse in Ephesians 4 and verse 26 that says, be angry and do not sin. So God would not command us to do something if it in and of itself was a sin. Furthermore, if anger in and of itself, just by itself, was wrong, was bad, was a sin, God himself would never be angry, right? God is 100% holy, 100% pure. And so if we see God being angry, it's a pretty safe bet that anger in and of itself, by itself, by definition, is not a sin. Psalm 7 and verse 11 says that God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation, that's anger, every day. We know in the Gospels, uh, Mark 3 and verse 5, that Jesus was angry uh, at how people were had a hard heart and he, he, he felt indignation. Um, so it's probably good that we define what anger is exactly. I'll define it as this. Anger is a God-given alarm to make us aware of a problem and drive us to do something about it. It's an alarm. It's an alert. Um, It calls something to our attention, and it gets our attention because it's such a strong feeling within us that we then need to do something about it. If you think about when Nathan is confronting David in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 5, we read this. 
Um, well, first of all, David is uh, hearing a parable. He's being confronted by Nathan, and then Nathan speaks to him in a parable about a rich man and a poor man, and the rich man had many flocks, but the poor man only had one little ewe lamb. And a traveler comes to the rich man, and the rich man was unwilling to give uh, of his own flock, and so what does he do? He takes the poor man's lamb and prepares it for the traveler. And Nathan explains this parable, just like, a, for instance, uh, to David, and David's response uh, is anger. Second Samuel 12 and verse 5 says, Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Now, obviously Nathan was using that to show David David that he was that man in the story, right? That's what he did in his sin with uh, Bathsheba. But the bottom line is David had anger come into his mind, into his body, if you will, at the thought of that injustice that Nathan was telling him about. Uh, in John chapter 2, we read of Jesus going up to the temple in Jerusalem during Passover, and uh, in it he finds people who are selling animals and changing money, and Jesus was angry when he saw how some were defiling worship in the temple, and he acts accordingly. So Jesus is angered by what he sees, and it drives him to do something about it. So once again, anger is a God-given alarm to make us aware of a problem and drive us to do something about it. Anger in and of itself, that alarm, by definition, uh, is not a sin. But we need to also remember that we are totally depraved as people, right? That we read uh, in scriptures like in Romans 3 that no one was without sin. There's none who seek after God. No one is good. There's no aspect of our life, of our hearts, of our minds that sin has not in some way, shape, or form affected, and I would even say defected. When the Bible speaks of anger, the vast majority of the ink you're going to find in the Bible is dedicated to warnings about anger, not encouragements to be anger. Proverbs 14, 17, a man of quick temper acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Proverbs 29:22, a man of wrath stirs up, stirs up strife, and one given to anger causes much transgression. There's even a warning about making friends with an angry person, right? Proverbs 22, verse 24, make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. A snare is uh, a trap. Outside of Proverbs, in the Psalms, Psalm 37, 8, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. Even in the New Testament, Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. All these warnings about anger make us realize that even though anger in and of itself is not a sin, there's enough warning in the Bible to cause us to be careful. And I would just say, think about your own life experiences. We want to go from a biblical perspective, but then also just think about your own life experiences. Look back at the times when you have been angry. Are those some of the best times? Are those the times you're taking pictures of and saving in albums and posting on Instagram and whatnot? No, usually the times when Sarah and I have been angry with each other are some of the worst times in our marriage and in our relationship history. You don't look back fondly on those times you were angry and try to repeat them. They're usually characterized in a negative category. And so we need to realize that uh, based on the amount of ink and paper in the Bible that is dedicated to warning and cautioning us about misusing anger, we need to be very careful with it. So in light of this, the obvious answer may seem to be just to not allow our anger to show, right? Okay, anger is not a sin, but there's so many warnings about anger, then we should just not allow it to show. 
that's also not really an option for us, right? I mean, in Ephesians 4 and verse 25, it says, putting away falsehood, let each one of you speak with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. If we just stifle our anger, if we don't communicate well with one another, it's going to not unite us, but it's going to divide us. It's going to get in the way of our relationships. Uh, in the context of Ephesians 4, it's going to really tear down a church. Ephesians 4 is dealing about unity within a local church. And so we want to learn how to be good and angry, how to not sin in our anger. And so I want to encourage you to think through this acrostic, pause, P-A-U-S-E, pause, because I think this has been helpful to me as I've tried to deal with anger in a way that I believe to be God-glorifying as an alarm that drives me to do something about what I'm angry about. And so this acrostic pause will start with the letter P, put off knee-jerk reactions, knowing our propensity to sin with anger. Understand that usually your first response when you are angry is probably not going to be the right way to handle something. Remember, anger is an alarm. It is not an answer. We'll get into that in a minute. But that first knee-jerk reaction that you feel when you're angry usually is not going to be the way you're going to want to carry yourself. It's usually not going to be a way that's going to bring God glory with that God-given emotion of anger. So P stands for put off knee-jerk reactions. Uh, the letter A stands for this, acknowledge that our anger can be a God-given alarm, but will not be a God-given answer. James 1, uh, 19, uh, excuse me, James 1 and verse 20 says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Anger is an alarm. It is not an answer. And so I want to call to your attention a fire alarm. Okay, let's say you're sleeping in the middle of the night and all of a sudden your fire alarm is going off. And I know in our house we have one at, right at the top of the stairs. And so when that fire alarm is going out, it's alerting me of something going on in the house that I would not otherwise be aware of, namely a fire. And so let's say this thing is blaring, right? And so I'm like, oh my gosh, the fire alarm is going off. That's supposed to drive me to get to safety, to get my family out of the house, or maybe to try to put out the fire if it's manageable, right? But the alarm is not going to help me put out the fire. So let's say I take that alarm and it's, it's blaring and I take it off the ceiling and I fire it down the stairs into the direction of the fire. What is that going to do? Well, it's going to do one of two things. One is it'll do nothing. It will not help to put out the, the fire at all because the alarm is not meant to put out the fire. It's meant to alert me of the fire. But the other thing it might do, technically speaking, is a battery in the thing. It will actually make the fire worse. And so that alarm is either going to do nothing at best or make things worse because I've used something that was meant to be an alert as an answer. Friends, that's how we need to see anger. An alert, but not an answer. Because God's word tells us that the wrath of man, the anger that we have, will not produce the righteousness of God. And I got to be honest with you, this is what trips me up the most. I always have these, yeah, but this is different moments, especially in parenting. It's like, yeah, but I got to get my point across, or they've got to understand that this is really serious. And I know, I know what the Bible says, but this is different, which is obviously ridiculous. But I think the way we get tripped up by anger the most is we take it out of the alert category and put it into the answer category. And that's not what anger was intended to be for us. It's intended to call something to our attention and drive us to do something righteous about it but not in the anger that originally alerted us. So we put off knee-jerk reactions. We acknowledge that our anger can be a God-given alert, but will not be the answer. It will not be the means by which a problem is solved. P-A-U. Uh, 
Um, we understand before seeking to be understood. And so James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to what? Hear, slow to speak, and I would say therefore slow to anger. Be quick to hear and not quick to speak. Seek to understand. Say, help me understand. Ask questions. The anger may have brought something to your attention that you want to do something about. So go into that situation, whatever that situation is, asking genuine questions, realizing that the way you see something and the way you read a situation might be right. But remember, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. It also might be wrong. And so if you have a sense of something, great, do something about it, but go seeking to understand before seeking to be understood. P-A-U-S stands for search the scriptures for guidance. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says all scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that we, the people of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So after you've paused, after you've acknowledged that the anger is an alert but it's not an answer, as you seek to be understood before, excuse me, as you seek to understand before being understood, also take some time with God's word and search the scriptures. Ask God, as uh, the psalmist David says in Psalm 139, search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my anxious thoughts, anger and anxiety, they're not terribly far apart. Lord, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. I'm telling you that if you take time to pause and to pray and to search the scriptures, whatever the situation is that you're facing, you're going to face it better than you would if you just went right as you thought of something. Taking that time with the Lord is never wasted time. And then finally, I'll end with this. It's the letter E in the word pause. Evangelize yourself before admonishing another. Preach the gospel to yourself. Remind yourself that you yourself are also a sinner saved by the grace of God if you're a Christian and that but for the grace of God, you would be doing things far differently and far worse than you're doing things right now. And so I think of the Apostle Paul, what he wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verses 12 and following. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy. Not, but I got my act together. I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. So having that knowledge of the fact that I am a sinner, Paul was, he never lost fact of the fact that God had saved him, had made him a new creature, a brand new creation, right? The old had passed away, but he still realized I too am a sinner. And that's a text message. But anyway, Paul said, I too am a sinner. He remembered uh, where he had come from. He remembered uh, what he had been saved out of, and so that gave him the humility to be able to approach others effectively. Paul says again, but I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. 
to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, again, the acrostic pause. Put off knee-jerk reactions. Acknowledge that your anger is an alarm, but not the answer. Understand before seeking to be understood. Go listening. Go asking questions. Search the scriptures for guidance. Evangelize yourself. Remind yourself of the gospel before admonishing another. But as we close, let me ask you to consider these things. What about you? Would you be characterized as an angry person? Let's remember, Jesus got angry, but he was not an angry person. I want to encourage you to ask some people who know you well, am I an angry person? I remember there was a time when Sarah was saying that I was an angry person, and I think I was, but I don't think I saw it at the time. But she was calling to my attention that my disposition, more often than not, earlier in our marriage was one of anger. I was using anger as an answer, not as the alert that it was intended to be. And so I want to encourage you, as you think through people who know you well, ask, am I an angry person? I think if you're married, you should ask your spouse. I think if you have kids, you should ask your kids. Those people are typically the ones who see you uh, when you're just being you, right? When your hair's down and you're not putting on a face for anyone else that you might at work or at church or in another setting. Ask someone, am I an angry person? Because God doesn't want us to be characterized as an angry person. Also consider, do you use your anger as an answer or as the alert that God created it to be? How do you use your anger? Does it alert you to then do something righteous or do you just take that anger and plow into a situation thinking that the anger is going to make it better? That's not how God created anger to be in you or me. And I would encourage you to review that, that pause acrostic and think which one of those things would be helpful for you to apply first. It's kind of foolish, I'm going to do it all now. No, pro probably not, right? Change usually happens slowly. Old habits die hard. Think through those five points, P-A-U-S-E. Which one would God have you apply in the days ahead? Make it a matter of prayer. Talk to somebody close to you about it. Search the scriptures and pray for God to grant repentance where it is needed. Thanks for joining me on the Ask Anything podcast. You can always find my link in the bio on my Instagram profile where you can ask questions at any time. I look forward to answering them in the future, or you can take a look at my Instagram stories, usually on a Monday or Tuesday, and you can ask them there.